Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. This episode of the SickCast is from a live webinar recording that originally aired on July 22nd. It features senior fellow Harinder Singh and facilitated by Minvinder Kaur. Thank you for joining today's webinar hosted by the Sikh Research Institute. Now, I would like to introduce you to our speaker, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Harinder Singh is a widely respected educator and thinker who is deeply in love with one force, the, one, the oneness that radiates in all. Love and Justice's symbiotic paradigm propels him to leverage public awareness for social change. He currently serves as the Senior Fellow, Research and Policy at the Sikh Research Institute. Mr. Singh co-founded the Sikh Research Institute and the Punjab Digital Library, organized the Free Akaltak movement and envisioned Kaur and Singh Academy. He holds a BSc in Aerospace Engineering, an MSc in Engineering Management, and MPhil in Guru Granth Sahib. I've also heard that he enjoys light single-origin pour-overs and critically acclaimed Bollywood films. So thank you for joining us today, Harinder Singh. In today's conversation, we will be discussing questions around Miribiri, both um, the historical and the contemporary context, delving into how we can apply these concepts in our lived realities as well. Um, perhaps we could start our conversation with a breakdown of what exactly is Miribiri for those of us who may not be familiar with the concept. So, you know, uh, Miripiri is often invoked. In fact, today, uh, depending on where you are in the world and depending on which calendars you follow, but during this time is Miripiri Day celebrated, actually. And it is generally invoked from the angle of Guru Hargobind Parsha when he ended up donning two Kripans. But really, the idea starts with Guru Nanak, as you would know from anything. Uh, if we go by Gurbani, the words are first invoked by Guru Nanak Sahib where he actually says, Koti hu peer varj which essentially means that Koti literally is actually millions. And he's saying, where are the millions of spiritualists? Peer, peer is a spiritual head, a spiritual mentor, somebody who is known for their spiritual or religious practices. And what Gunanak Pacha is saying is, Koti hu peer, there were millions of spiritualists implying many spiritual heads. But where did they all go? When they heard that the Mir is attacking. And Mir is, comes from Amir, you know, they're both Persio, Persian vocabularies, Parsi that is. And uh, Mir, uh, Mir comes from Amir. Amir is a political head essentially, you know, in, in their local subunits of political subunits. So what Gurdanak Sahib is saying in invoking this is, that there are millions of spiritualists around, implying many, but none of them do anything when the political is attacking the people in whichever form. So in, in, in this uh, reference, it is referring to the Emperor Babur. So invocation of Mir and Peer comes from Guru Nanak himself. And the idea he's presenting here is in the Shabad that spiritualists are always going to say that we will show you some magic to take care of issues which will go away. And I'm sure many of you will relate to it because even today in the age of COVID-19, uh, some people talk like that as well, that somehow magically it will disappear. 
And what Guru Nanak Sahib is saying now, people who are just spiritualists, and there will be many, and there will be a political head, they actually uh, work together to control the masses. And Guru Nanak Sahib actually says after a few lines in that Shabad, that if they really have any powers, the spiritual powers, uh, then the spiritualists should be using those powers right now and blinding the people who are attacking, in that case, the Mughals. Uh, again, the idea being, don't just go by what the, just the spiritual says, don't go by what just the political says. And this is the idea Guru Nanak developed people with. This development occurred, and at the time of Guru Hargobind Pacha, it was uh, institutionalized. Um, so yeah, kind of talking about this um, common understanding that Miribiri starts with Guru Hargobind Singh, maybe we could talk a little bit about the historical precedents that called for the introduction of Miribiri um, and its growth through the Guru period. Perhaps this requires us to go back the, to the the reason of the existence of Sikhi as well. Yeah, of course it does. And, and uh, every uh, you know, it's all one thing we have to understand is that there is a context for everything but the message remains eternal. And that's the idea in Sikhi, that the Shabad, the Bani is eternal. And the implementation of that, which means including the political ideologies which are developed, uh, including the spiritual ideologies which are developed or economic theories or whatever else they might be, they are presented in a particular context and the principles continue. So from that angle, the Guru Nanak was the spiritual himself and the political himself. So sometimes we tussle with this a lot and we've been working very hard to present from Gurbani's angle that Guru Nanak is the one who started the Raj, this whole idea of rule or the governance. But the interesting part is that every Guru is developing institutions and preparing Sikhs. Sikhs who are being prepared to, because if there is no preparation, you cannot do proper implementation of ideas in the physical space. In this physical space, you see, you know, gurus developing scripts, gurus developing akhades, you know, for physical endurance, gurus developing cities for economic reasons and for self-sufficiency reasons and self-sovereignty reasons. And at the time of Guru Arjun, which is where I want to come quickly is, uh, there is a center developed, which we now call, you know, Harmandar Sahib and Akal Sahib complex or Darbar Sahib or Amritsar itself. And within there, there is a constitution or a manifesto presented, which as six we call, uh, now we call Guru Granth Sahib. So it is in that context that the spirituals of the times and the politicals of the time become very worried that here is a new thought which speaks to all people. It speaks to all castes, it speaks to all colors, it speaks to all genders, it speaks to all social stratas. This is a serious disruption, we'll call it today. Even if one of those things get disrupted today, we call that a major disruption. But here comes Guru Arjun through the ideas of Guru Nanak, integrating Miri Piri, not relying on anyone who is only spiritual, not relying on anyone who is just political. And they have developed a serious uh, protégés for this, six. And at the time, and you know what happened to Guru Arjun Sahib, he was actually uh, imprisoned he was tortured and he was killed. We call it Shahadat. Uh, in fact, let me correct myself. I take that back, not killed. They tried to kill him. Uh, but Guru Arjan lives in River Ravi, as we know, according to Pai Gurdas, Rende Gurdariyavich. 
So it's in that context, couple of days before he decides to go live in the river Ravi, uh, there is a text called Sikhandi Pagatmala. It's attributed to Pai Mani Singh, the great Pai Mani Singh from the time of Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj. And it is actually an interpretation of Pai Gurdas's war. In there, he mentions a very interesting episode. And this episode is very, very important to us because that's the context. So in that episode, he mentions that there are two Sikhs. Uh, there is a uh, Pai Sigaru and Pai Jata. And these two Sikhs, they actually go to Guru Arjan Sahib to see him. And when they go to see him, in fact, he says something like uh, that both of them, that there is a Surbir and Parupkari, the sixth sovereign, Sahib Chemi Patshai, we call it now, that both of these elements are going to come in Guru, uh, to be Guru Hargobind Sahib. In fact, he says something like this. In fact, the way Sikhandi Pagatmala is written, it says, Bachan hoya. Bachan hoya, as you know, in Prajavi is now the Guru spoke to these two six. And what did he say? He says, Asaju Sastar Pakarne hen. So Guru Hargobind ka Ruptar kar Pakarne hen. Samakalju ka Vartana hai. Shastrandi Vidya kar Mir di Miri Kachilaniya. Te Shabad di Preet Samaj kar Pir di Piri Lalaniya. To see Chemi Pashai de Hazurana. I wanted to say that because it's very important, the verbiage. And the verbiage is that the arms which I will be physically wearing, which arms have been continuing from the time of Guru Nanak, because Guru Granth Sahib says he carried the Gyan Khadak, the wisdom as well as the sword. He says, but Guru Arjan now says, Ki now physically I will be wearing this in the form of Guru Hargobind. And this is the era of darkness. This is the era of ignorance. And in this era, I will know, I will know how to use the arms. And by using these arms, Mirdi Miri Kachalaniya. We will we will capture the politics of the political. The Shabati Preet Samajkar, being in love with the Shabad, Pirdi Piri Lalaniya, we will also have the spirituality of the spiritual. And you must remain in the presence of the sixth guru. So this is the historical context. And you know this that Guru Hargobind Patsha on the day. So you see who, which Sikhs are telling us this. This is important. So the part which I just read to you, that actually is Pai Mani Singh and aligned with Pai Gurdas, who are contemporaries of the Gurus and very revered Sikhs of the time, not just as martyrs, but as scholars. Similarly, when uh, Guru Hargobind Pasha is being given Guruship, uh, uh, with the coronation ceremony, we can call it, Gurgaddi Devas. At the time, Baba Buddha Ji is doing it. And Baba Buddha Ji presents two Kripans to him. And the first time where I have seen the word Miri Piri being utilized for him, it comes in a, a more of an 18th century text where um, Mahakavi Santok Singh has mentioned this actually. And uh, he says, the Guru ends up wearing two swords. You know, some say it was accidental. Some say first this one was worn and then that one was worn. I don't like to get into that because historical variations will always be there. But the messaging is more important. And what the messaging recorded by Gyanni Gyan Singh actually is interesting, where he says, Gur kaheyo pari doye, ehe meeri peeri ker hoye. Which he says, you know, naturally, 
or with some creative impulse, the two got worn and Guru says, now these will be Miri Piri. So that's the historical context. And by the way, I'll mention one more thing. And then there were two Muslim bards in the court of Guru Hargobind Padshah, because it has to do with state and the shrine ideas. You know, the shrine is where the peers were and uh, state is where the Mirs were. And here is Guru Arjun who has developed a shrine, quote unquote, and a state within a state. So there is a court which is happening at the time of Guru Hargobind Padshah. This place does not just have followers from spiritual angle, but jithe dunya matha tegdi, which means the whole world goes there. And not only do they do spiritual things, but they have economic power because there is a large sums of money. They have created a center and now they're working for the rights of people. So in that court, when Guru Hargobind presides at Akal Taksahab, uh, there are two bards, Muslim bards, Natha and Abdullah. And this is the most popular part, which many of you are probably aware of it. They're singing a war. And in one of the wars, they say, Do talwari baddiyan, ik meeri di, ik peeri di, ik azmat di, ik raj di, ik rakhi kare wazir di, pag teri ki jahangir di. So there's a direct comparison now that there are two swords being worn by the Guru. One is of the meeri, one is of the peeri. And one is of the reverence for the rule. The other one is for the protection. And he says, and Pag Teri Ki Jahangirdi is a Punjabi way of talking in comparison. He says, your turban is much more grander than uh, Jahangir's, who was the Mughal emperor of the time. So this is the historical context where the idea of Ikkumankar, the idea of Raj Jog comes into practice of political and spiritual uh, sovereignty. And these Miri Piri become not just emblems, they are not phrases, they are not concepts, they became the living doctrine of the six from Guru Hargobind Pacha onward. So something you kind of touched upon already a little bit uh, is the role of space and what role it plays in Miri Piri. So particularly here, I'm thinking of Amritsar um, and the theopolitical or the double-edged sovereignty that you just spoke of, of Harmandar Sahib. So what, yeah, if you could speak a little more to those two spaces. So everything starts with an idea, and then there is in a physical manifestation of that idea occurs, which will never be as complete as the idea. But you know, the practice is in the physical space, in the realms where we live. So the idea of uh, this ikkoankar, oneness, how do you practice? And this Nam culture, which is being developed from Kartarpur onwards by Guru Nanak Sahib, in the space around Sri Amritsar Sahib, which is both the Sarovar, the pool of immortality, as well as now the city, because look how grand it became. The idea of Amritsar is how do you create this pool to go within, to create this fellowship, which uh, the Sangat, which makes us connected, which identifies us with the immortal, the divine, the Ikkuvankar. So that space in the Sikh world is Amritsar, Ramdaspur, Darbar Sahib, and Sri Harmandar Sahib, Akal Tak Sahib. If you actually look at the today's complex, there are multiple Gurdwaras in there. And this space then became that uh, there is Babbe Ke and there is Babar Ke. Babbe Ke is what is started by Guru Nanak and Babar Ke is started by the Mughal dynasty starting with Babar. So there is uh, six and the state idea, the Gurus and the Mughals idea, the Padshahs versus the Badshahs is going on. Six never called gurus badshahs because badshah is only in one domain. They're the political domain. Six 
have always called their guru patshas which is for the two domains classically interpreted as being this world and the world beyond physically interpreted as being the meri and the piri domain the spiritual and the political domain so the complex of sri darbar sahab primarily between sri harmandar sahab and sri akal takht sahab they became the spiritual manifestation and political manifestation as buildings the ideas and then the building and occupier of both in sikh case is the integrator of the one who is the spiritual and political at the same time where neither is outweighing the other because the problem comes in when there is when the spiritualist controls the political or the political controls the spiritualist which is what we are seeing globally even today and the here the practice was that both are within you and activate the both and the perf perfect activation of that in institutional form was brought out by the gurus themselves and guru hargobind patshas institutionalizes so the space plays the role of how to spiritually develop yourself and how to politically learn to deliberate on the issues of the time um so something again that you just mentioned is the yeah the duality or the togetherness of the meedi pd so i feel uh meedi pd is a hyphenated term so it exists as one but i think sometimes we fall into the trap of creating a binary and binaries as we know inherently create a hierarchy so one is taking precedence over the other so this is something i'm particularly interested in unpacking um and why does the binary does the binary apply here or does it not and how can we kind of untangle that well i mean firstly it's not a duality it's actually the oneness it's everything is ekoankar we must start everything with ekoankar if we are not able to solve anything from ekoankar or not derive anything from ekoankar then we will end up in duality because we don't have one or the zero or that binary as we call it or we don't have political or the spiritual binaries but because we don't as six or those who are aspiring to be the six of the guru uh, when we are unpacking this from the guru period to the colonial period to now 2020 we make it the binary and sometimes the institutions or the individuals or the schools of thoughts who are working to clarify this for us they also end up making it a binary i remember a few years ago the official publication of sgpc shiromani gurudwara prabandhak committee they actually in gurmat prakash they had a they had a whole there's a monthly magazine uh, they had a whole issue dedicated to this and instead of writing meri piri i remember and i'm remember going to the editor at the time this was probably about 15 years ago or so and asking him what is this we don't get to revise this because what they wrote on the title was piri comma firmiri implying first the spirituality then the political first the spiritual then the political first the spirituality then the politics i'm like this phrase has never been used in history like that so we cannot do that so he had his own explanation my point is we ended up making them binaries the guru doesn't for guru the raj jog is same this is the term in guru granth sahib they are one and the same uh, just this is like just like for the guru the divine like today's hukum intana sri rag from sri amritsar sahib there is a line in the hukum where it says the purkh tenar the men and the women the feminine and the masculine the binaries which we have uh, in in even when talking about gender and sexualities in that line it said who can really say which one is which so 
The point is we might have certain physical forms, but we cannot take them to the level of idea then practice, including discriminations and dualities and binaries. That's not allowed in Sikhi because this becomes anti-ikkovankar, uh, anti-oneness idea. So there is no duality. So what is it? It's the integration. It's the symbiotic relationship where the one cannot exist without the other. And when we look at the Guru's life and the lives of the six men and women who both had feminine and masculine qualities within them. You know, today it's very hard to find and we can get into that a little bit. This is probably why it's become a duality. And this is why it's, there's a struggle for most six. You know, when we interpret Gurbani, most six struggle to interpret you know, feminine voice while the Shabbat itself is in feminine voice. Why is that? Because the, we have developed a duality. We are applying the paradigms of the world, be it from spiritual traditions or be it from um, sexuality studies, you know, and everything in between. We keep bringing them as binaries for six. From Barney's perspective, at least, there are no binaries. And Miri Piri is actually the binary Guru saw. And then Guru Nanak objected to it. He actually clearly articulated that if you will keep them as binaries, you will be falling victim to it. They're, the spiritual and the political will conspire to control you. And we see this even in so-called liberal democracies, even today. So the, the idea in Sikhi is that I, if I am choosing Sikhi, I'm a self-identified Sikh, I'm learning the Ikkovankar and the Nam principles, then I'm going to work to develop my Miri and my Piri. I'm going to work on the Raj and the Yog, which is rule and the connection, rule or the union, whatever you want to call it, at the same time, not as a byproduct of each other, not first this or then this. And Pai Gurdas tells it beautifully when he describes this, and I will take a pause after that, he says, it's like a coin. Coin has one side and the other side, right? You can't say which one comes first. This is what symbiotic means. This is what simultaneous means. This is what Sikh is aspiring to be. And those who are becoming like that, they are able to see both of them as part of the, not just a part of the same, but it is actually the one itself. Uh, the binary is when it's seen in division. Yeah, currently in my framework, in my worldview and understanding, I think everything does fall into binaries. So really pulling apart that and thinking about the oneness is really important. Yeah, in such context. And something else that I'm particularly interested in as it pertains to my own research around masculinity and Sikhi is the militarization of Sikhi. So, and how Midi Bidi was perhaps used as a tool by colonial rulers to recruit Sikhs into the army and militarize the faith and promote a certain type of masculinity among Sikh men. So in this regard, how has Midi been manipulated perhaps? And how has how have understandings of Midi changed throughout his, uh, history, particularly looking at the colonial period um, and thinking about the militarization of Sikh masculinity? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And, uh, you know, we need to look at at least couple of ways here, in my opinion. And my offering here is, in the absence of Barney, that's what it becomes. And this is very, very important because remember uh, the, the masculinity or the hyper-masculinity, if I may call it, or androcentrism, which we see around today 
and perhaps also in the British period, it probably is an outgrowth of not keeping the Bani element with them. And let me start with that again. So for example, today is the starting of Savan. It's in Barama. And if you look at what is being said about Savan, it is completely in feminine voice. And it says, who is going to feel this joy? He says, the Sohagan. The Sohagan who is adorning herself with the necklace of Ramna, one charmer's identity. Now, when men cannot understand this and don't develop this femininity within them, they will be left only with what we now call the warrior element. So then uh, you know, everyone takes advantage of that, including certain six. I will say sometimes in ignorance, ignorance but many times it is a manipulation, yes. So when, for example, RSS says that Khalsa or Sikh, Khadagtari they are the fighting arm of Hinduism. Probably this is where it's coming out of because how does stereotyping work? When you one element is taken, which always has some reality, but it is accentuated and amplified to a very large extent. And you start accepting that. In the colonial period, we see this a lot where we were only used for that. We were not. The British didn't say that they are the great poets, they are the great musicians, they are the great city planners, but they wanted to use us as, you know, they are the great fighters. So we became fighters for them, by the way. We never became warriors for them. And there's a big difference because we are being used, and they know they have, that we have intricate relationship with the Granth, which we call Guru Granth Sahib. So they've supplied those, but for their benefit, so anyway, coming back to it, in the absence of Bani, what we will say the animalistic tendencies come out more. And part of that tendency is accentuating certain elements of, or doubling down as we might call it today, or to flex certain things in the millennial or post-millennial vocabulary. So there's a lot of flexing happens uh, of this meaty element. And PD element isn't talked about enough. So at the end of the day, where we end up is when you take the Raj out of the Jog or Jog out of the Raj, you will end up with people who are just spiritual or just political or just activist or just theos theosophons or whatever you want to call us, people who are philosophizing only. So anyway, uh, I think we get caught up in those quite a bit. I have been caught up in those many a time. And it, it's a... Uh, it's a reminder, it's a constant reminder to start everything from Barney, be able to see the different attributes of development. And when we are not able to see those attributes, the one which gets accentuated the most in posters, in visual arts. I mean, we forget to tell people that Paimani Singh and Baba Deep Singh were the scholars, you know? And, uh, and this is where, uh, the world hadn't seen a scholar who at the age of 82, a calligrapher, a scholar, a theologian, a interpreter, an exegete, actually walking in the middle of a battlefield and fighting. So of course they didn't know how to present this. So they said, you know, let's make them all fighters. Whereas we were Sures who were drenched in love and out of the love, we became warriors of the Guru.
and the warriors have a code. So when there is no code, you become a fighter. And that code is where the rung element of Bani comes in, where we integrate the feminine and the masculine, the, you know, the stereotypical qualities we call them. And we bring both of them together. So whether it's a man who became a warrior or a woman who became a warrior, actually they were the spouses of the one. They were the sakhis and the sahelis, even regardless of their sexes or gender. They were the sakhis and the sahelis and the mahelis who became Sohagans of the one, who also, while they're playing Rabab, many picked up khandas as well. And that's really our story. That's our narrative. Anytime we deviate from that narrative, we get caught up into these binaries, and we are also falling victim to the state of the time, the peers of the time, because our mirs and our peers became separated. Moving more into the contemporary, um into the contemporary era, I, yeah, I'd like to talk about the conflation of Miribiri with nationalism. As I am a Canadian, I know we chatted about this before, I'd like to engage with it through this lens. So many individuals from various political parties in Canada have taken Amrit, therefore, whom do they owe allegiance to? Is it to the Charter, the Queen, the Guru? I'm sure this is also something that we could think about in our various lives, even if we're not elected officials? What does Sikhi demand we do when we're at this crossroads? And how do we go beyond nationalism when practicing Miribidi? Yeah, so I think this is a one good case study and you being Canadian and not just because you're from Canada, actually, when it comes to Sikh affairs, when we look at it last six months, you know, Canadian politics combined with Indian politics brings up the Sikhs all the time. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I think this is one subset where we are talking about perhaps one binary of it. Uh, and I can't, I'm saying perhaps because I don't, I dare not tell which individuals figured it out both elements at the same time. But it's a fair question. And that's a question I've asked in my, some of my writings and individually to some of the leaders. So let's make it more explicit. So for example, if we look at cross party in Canada, you know, we have, uh, Navdeep Singh Bass, who was second in command from many perspectives to the Liberal Party in becoming a PM. And with him is Harjit Sajjan, who's the defense minister. And then you look at, in conservatives, Tim Uppal, who has been uh, a cabinet minister before uh, at the highest levels. And we have uh, Jagmeet Singh, you know, who's the leader of the NDP. So you have four individuals here. I'll just limit to them for a, for a discussion. And all four have taken what we now call Amrit, but Khande Bate Ki Pao, they're initiated things. So they owe allegiance to the Khalsa. They are part of the Khalsa order. So in that Khalsa order, there is an allegiance you give to the Guru Granth and Guru Panth. But when you are a citizen, and this is what happens in last 150 years, the post-colonial, and you're talking about colonial effects, they are not just effects, they are reality in Canada even today, because a system of colonialism adopted into Canada is still working. And in those adaptations, they have their own charters. So as somebody who gives allegiance to Guru Granth and Guru Panth, and as somebody who has given allegiance to somewhere between the charter and the queen and everything in between through the governor generals, what will they do when push comes to shove? These are the questions, you know? And the question actually is much more. We can apply this to India. When people in India, for example, are part of a particular party and they are Sikhs, not just Akalis, 
who are also parts of the Khalsa, when they do something, we are super hard on them. And this is where I think um, there has to be more exploration done, needs to happen, because Miri Piri is definitely not about one nation state. Miri Piri is about six figuring out the spiritual and the political at the same time. And we can apply this to the spiritualists who are among six. You know, when they align themselves with particular political parties for endorsements, for fundraisings, for events, the equal element applies then as well. So real question here is, what does it mean to give allegiance? What does it mean to practice Miri Piri in modern nation states, whether they are autocratic or democratic? Because many Sikhs who are aspirations and have probably formally declared their allegiance to the Guru Granth and Guru Panth, live in Islamic countries, live in dictatorships, live in illiberal democracies, live in liberal democracies. I think this is a question we need to be grappling with. And my offering here as a, as a way to look at it, a lens to look at this would be that individual needs to ask this question. We don't need to question individual's intentions. For example, in America, when Robert Kennedy, sorry, JFK, John Kennedy, not his brother, when he became the president in America in 60s, there was a huge question. Will he answer as a Catholic because he was a first Catholic to the Pope sitting at Vatican? Or is he uh, as aligned with the constitutional values of America? So those questions will come. And I think they must be debated and talked about to understand what really it is. In case of six, Miri Piri needs to be talked about. That how are the Jagmeet Singhs, the Harjit Sajjans, the Tim Uppals, the Nabdeep Masses of the world in Canadian sense, how are they going to use their spiritual activism and their political activism to govern in the spaces they are in? How do they make it part of the Ekoankar doctrine? Which means when the policies are being made, the bills are being introduced, when from environmental issues to human rights or anything in between, when those are being debated within their party, how do they change the platforms from their spiritual political angle? Same applies in India, same applies in America, same applies in our homes, same applies in our Gurdwaras. And that's the real question. The spaces we exist in, remember everything is idea. The idea is practice in physical space, just like our earlier question. You know, the space of the Sahib complex, uh, the space of Harmandar Sahib. Well, the idea is clear that we are a Kohankar, but idea needs to be interpreted in the spaces we live in. And Miri Piri becomes relevant when we are not questioning the people's intentionalities anymore because we really don't have that parameter, but we can definitely hold ourselves at a personal level accountable and spiritual and political leaders accountable by asking this question of, how are they using their spiritual and political activism to make the spaces they are in better, more just, more aligned with the Kohankar? Thank you. I think you've yeah, given me lots to think about. Um, so before we open up um, the conversation to our participants, anyone who's tuning in, I would also like to remind them that they can please send their questions in. We'll have about 20, 25 minutes to answer those. So please do um, throw those in the chat box. But before we move on to questions, um, I'd like to 
yeah, maybe think about the everyday person, perhaps removed from places of political power, um, who encounter roadblocks when engaging with the BD aspect. So what advice do you have for them? Particularly, I'm thinking about my generation and myself. I think we have a strong zeal for the meaty, but perhaps less for the BD. I think religion also currently has many negative connotations associated and attached to it. So many aren't eager to identify or to engage with this. Um, yeah, how would you go about engaging with that? Sure, thanks for asking that. I was smiling a bit because you said religion these days have more negative aspects. Not these days, even in Guru Nanak period. This is the whole point. It is all, look, it's a force like any other force and you can utilize the force for particular benefits or you can utilize the force for creating any tendency, right? And those tendencies, negative and positive are two binaries of it. So I don't wanna just get caught up in that. There are various shades in between as well. So look for the peer element, it's the same. You know, we are largely relying on people now who look the peers way, who talk the peers way. And this is very important that we can rely on that. I mean, you know, Pai Gurdas has written in the context of Guru Hargobind Patsha that when he started to look like this, this is very important because neither of them are just about the looks because we also go by the looks of the spiritualists. And I'm not gonna include just six in there. It includes people of other traditions from the Dalai Lamas to the particular prophets of peace to whatever else you might be engaged in. You know, there is a look of spirituality which somehow gives us particular auras, right? Or the feel of an aura. What Guru Nanak Pasha says, and actually what Pai Gurdas is saying, I was referring to Guru Hargobind Pasha's time, that there were certain Sikhs who said, you know what? Now he looks this way. And Pai Gurdas describes in detail, you know, that people are saying, well, this Guru is different. You know, this Guru doesn't stay here. He's actually going and he's getting imprisoned. As you know, Guru Hargobind Pasha was imprisoned by Jahangir. Hence the comparisons as well. Uh, and he says, then there were six who looked at him and said, you know, at least we can look like him. So they started wearing a chola like him. They started wearing a turban like him. They started wearing kripans like him. But they were not like him because they did not possess the qualities of him. So this is where spirituality comes in. And the, the piri element is, this is the daily grind to develop ourselves. This is where the Naam is not a phenomena which is being studied. Naam is not the phenomena where it is being debated. Naam is not a binary between is it an internal or is it external? Do I do it from the mouth or is it in, one, in my consciousness? That's the binary too. Where Naam becomes something you feel, you live in its presence and you're utilizing this presence, this connection with the Kovankar to better yourself, to equip yourself, to drench yourself, such that as you are getting drenched, your strength is being replenished. I'm going through this even now again, where I feel my strength is like I was overspent it in the last few years. And when you don't have that strength, this replenishment of whatever makes you become like a Kovankar, feel like Kovankar, then whatever external you do, one does, I do, will be not as powerful. In fact, it might be creating a negative impact or a negative energy or a negative force. So 
Miri Piri is simultaneous. Whatever I strength I'm developing internally, it is being utilized externally for the betterment of the spaces we are in. So all individuals who feel religion sucks, I'm with you. It has always sucked. I mean, Guru Nanak Pasha has said that that these, the karmic theory and whatever taram means to you, we'll use religion for now. He says they're because they're pretends and they're looting people by, the, in, by giving the fear of quote unquote God. So it's really not about, we can say the same thing about politics, by the way, as well. I mean, there is an election here in America, and I can tell you in this binary of Democrats and Republicans, these conversations do take place. That, you know, look at their policy-wise, they do the same things, they have done similar things, and historically they were on the opposite ends, yes. But even at the same time, how do you go change either one of them? Or at this time, even people like in the Lincoln Project, who are conservative Republicans are saying, well, anything is better than Trump, so let's support Biden. My point in sharing all this is what? That it's not just the religious which is going through this, the political is equally going through this. And they're all corrupt. The question is of degree of corruptness. Similarly, you and I are also corrupt. We have filth. It's a question of the degree of filth. And if we want to remove this filth, which is by the way, today's Shabad, and let's make it personal then. Today's Shabad was exactly about this, you know? You know, the crane-like human beings, you know, the crane is only looking for fish. They're only interested in drowning in the mud. But this is not the way to remove filth. So how can we remove filth? And this is the spiritual. The spiritual for us is not the look. The look is the external. The look is an outcome of that, which will happen as we are growing. And as much as you grow, the externalization happens, including our political activism. Because remember, the emblems of Sikhi, the five Ks of Sikhi, the, the star of Sikhi, or anything you see is not a garb for us. This was a reminder that the Ekoankar principle, I don't have a choice and I've given allegiance to my guru to practice these in everyday affair. So the reminder in today's Shabbat is that rakh rakh charan tarhe vichari that you places, the individual who is interested in cleaning the filth, places his, his or her feet, steps on the way very reflectively. And what happens when you do that with reflectively? Then the duality discards, it leaves you. You don't have the binary left anymore. And you become off the nirankar. You become off the one formless. So the spiritual element within us is about becoming like the one, is by getting rid of the binaries. It's by stepping on the way, which means reflectively, deliberatively making decisions. We are going to move into our questions from the audience. Um, we have, yeah, a couple of questions. Two of them have a similar essence, so I'll I'll combine the two of them. One is from Manpreet from Punjab. They ask, in many Gurdwaras Katas, in many Gurdwara Katas, uh, it's all spiritual. They never talk about politics. How do we get the knowledge transfer people in Gurdwaras to understand this? Isn't this a disservice to the community? And in a similar vein, we also have a question from Amitoj from New Jersey. They ask, there are some Gurdwaras that will refuse to address media issues and some Gurdwaras that do a lot of 
uh, meaty practicing, but don't focus too much on beauty. How do we address that? So uh, this shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, look back what gurus did. At the time of the gurus, by the way, even after the gurus had trained six, and we would say some of us got some levels of training, and collectively we have variations of those among the 30 million six, whether you are in Punjab or whether you're in New Jersey, and you are seeing effects of those or binaries of those, if I may call it, or the dualities we are in. Even in guru period, this has happened. Even in Punjab, when the guru spent 230 plus years they had already done, uh, they continued to do it. Why did guru, every guru worked on this? Because it is very easy to become affixed to one element. So what did gurus do about it? When they saw it, they saw it throughout Punjab. Then they said, you know, if we can't figure out people's allegiances, because it was about the space, not individual space, this was the public space. So they said, let's create a space where we can retrain because it's a continuous work. You know, just because you graduate high school, you don't shut down the high school. Someone else needs that. So if a space is not allowing that, create a space or change that space. Those are the only two alternatives. In the case of Guru Tegh Bahadur Patsha, when the people of Amritsar didn't allow it, he bought a space, trained people there. His head was brought there eventually from Delhi. That's where Khalsa was inaugurated. And that's a place called Sri Anandpur Sahib today. So every guru went through this, by the way. So if we are going through it, it basically means that the binaries are very much in place. Our work is cut out to either reclaim the space which allows both, because remember, they are part of not just colonial night now. Everything has been, uh, what are the words we use today? You know that, uh, you know, we say they've been manipulated our spaces. We have no accountability in our spaces. We have no accountabilities in the individuals who are teaching those things, whether it's katha or other things. I mean, our kathas, our granthis were the political prisoner mediators. That's Baba Buddha and Pai Gurdas, the people who were engaged very much in interpretation of Miri Piri at the time of Guru Arjan Sahib and at the time of Guru Hargobind Sahib. So just think about that. If anyone is saying that this is not it, and if anyone is not allowing Miri Piri to come out from an Ikhwankar paradigm, then all this means is our work is cut out. Just like it was cut out at the time of each Guru period and a post-Guru period, this basically means we need to become that Sohagan who's going to enjoy this season, who actually herself is adorned with the charmer and the charmer's identity. That's what this means because when people like me fight these spaces, we get frustrated because within me is not that quality either or not enough of it. So it requires serious individual efforts. When if an individuals do it, it becomes part of a collective effort. And that's when the changes occur in the spaces as well. Thank you. Um, so the next question we have is from Jade from Montreal. They ask, I have seen Midi Biri interpretation as Midi as the physical iron weapon, weaponry and Biri as the inner sword or wisdom. Are these interpretations accurate? Are they as valid as the political spiritual that we've been discussing? 
interpretations can be many. I have no issues with that, have more. The idea is to understand etymologies, which means what the words mean, then understand their context, and then based on that, see how they were practiced in the guru period and the post-guru period, and create the relevance of that in our spaces, in our era, in our times. And that's the idea. So we can have any interpretation. You can make an internal, external. I grew up with people were scared of the word political. So they used to say temporal <laughs> because most people didn't know temporal. They had to look it up. <laughs> that's what I thought because I didn't know what temporal was. I'm like, okay, it sounds interesting, but the word itself is the political head. <laughs> so why are we shying away? Remember Bani and the ideas of Bani, which became dictums in the Sikh history, they were for commoners, which means if it requires too much decoding, something is wrong with it. And today we are caught up in this mess because over interpretations perhaps or over manipulations have happened. And we are so far removed from it that we are trying to simplify things again because they were simple. They were for average individuals. They were not just for scholars or those who understood only particular languages. This is where everyday individual understood the basic ideas and then they worked on it to bring the idea within themselves. And when enough brought it, it became the collective idea. So all interpretations are welcomed. The ask is to see it as much as possible through the lens of the verbiage in Gurwani and historical precedents at the time of the gurus and then make them relevant interpretations for your purposes and your spaces. Um, for our next question is from Professor Dave. They ask, without sovereignty, how can we be free and equal to other nationalities? Well, that's a loaded question. Thank you, Professor. Uh, thing is this, sovereignty itself does not presume only political sovereignty in six space. It definitely includes that. So self-sovereignty is most important. This is where the guru started. If you don't feel spiritually free, mentally free, emotionally free, psychologically free, you will never be able to fight for political or physical freedom. So that's where the preparation is. This Miri Piri is exactly that. So in today's context, where which we had one question on that, but if I may delve into it a little bit again, is that nation states don't know how to deal with six and six also don't know how to deal with nation states. Six have had their own nation states, Raj, in a physical, political form as well. Some are fighting for it even now. Many fought for it and supported even democratically by electing nine of the 13 MPs in the late 80s. Those things come and go. The nation state ideas also come and go. Six have fought to create their own nation state and will continue to fight for it whenever the states have failed the ideas of Ekwankar doctrines or equal treatments or violating the sovereignties of people. So I believe the end goal is to have the Miri Piri as a paradigm operating within us and in the Sikh collectives and where needed to also fight with the nation states when they become so unjust to create a nation state in every space and Punjab holds a very special place historically and even today because 80% of the Sikhs live there. But it, it cannot be limited to that because when we limit an idea to only one domain, then we have created a binary as well. So sovereignty is very much part of Sikhi. Uh, Azadi word is used in Punjabi a lot. In Guru Granth Sahib, it is invoked many a time 
that Guru Nanak did this by deduction or by continuation. Every Guru did it. And as a modality, the Sikhs continue to do it as well. The most important idea is even if you don't have a nation state, you still practice Miri Piri. You still remain and activate the spiritual and political within you to fight within that state or against that state or to replace the statehood with another state. All of those options and many more exist. So the last question that we'll engage with, um, if there are no more, is from, is from uh, Wahinur from Atlanta. They ask, how do we engage Banthik Guru slash Guru Khalsa Panth right now, since we know current Sikh leadership is swayed by state Mirs? Yeah, so, you know, these how questions are always harder to answer. And I think it alludes to the last two questions as well which by the way is also uh, skewing, right? If I may call it. So I appreciate the question, Vainur. The response would be the people in the Panthic spaces are only trying to be politically active. That's my experience. And even in that activation, which itself is causing issues because it's a binary, the spiritual rung or nam is missing. And anytime one is heavier, or is a weight on the other, we will have chaos. And that's the chaos we are going through. At the time of, let me pick an example. At the time when Guru Teg Bahadur Parsha was not discovered, the chaos was created by the spiritualists. At the time of Guru Arjans and Guru Teg Bahadur Shahadat, and primarily for two decades of Guru Gobind Singh's Parsha's physical life on this earth, the chaos was created by mostly political, but some spiritual as well. And none of the gurus ever said to do one or the other. It has always been the training of Jassa Singh Aluwalia was exactly same. The Bani strengthens you. It makes you spiritually active. And the physical arms training make you politically active. That was the 18th century. The elements of these two, the spiritual and the political at the same time, they need to be not just studied, but they need to be practiced and they need to become collective behaviors of those who are fighting for Sikh rights in any space, be it in civil rights area or the relief aid organizations or people who are trying to be part of whether it's BLM in America or uh, you know the current uh, CAA and other crisis in India and everything in between. If you really are seriously uh, working from a Sikh paradigm, then the spiritual elements cannot be ignored. And the other side is a problem too. I know the people who claim to be very spiritual, they stay away from all of these. Well, well, Guru Nanak said, well, there will be millions of spiritualists, but that's not our model because they never confront the political. The Guru Nanak model is uh, the spiritual political at the same time, continuously developing and continuously figuring out, equipping herself with the knowledge and the systems and the strength to take on the both. And they both are together in controlling people, even today. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation and for taking the time out um, to engage with our e-sangit, as you so nicely put it at the start. Thank you for joining in. Today's webinar will be ending now. Vaigurjika Khalsa, Vaigurjika You are listening to SickCast by Sick Research Institute. 
illuminating every path.